1: wherever you get your podcasts.
2: This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave, 1919, 1920. There's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. On occasion solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now,
1: I'm Nicola Talent and you can listen to my podcast Crime World wherever you get your podcasts. Board Gosh Energy putting customers at the core of under 20 and senior hurling championship action. Hashtag hurling to the core. Hello and welcome to the throw in podcast in association with Board Gosh Energy. I'm Will Slattery, and what an all Ireland final day we had yesterday. A great day for Camogie, and in junior, intermediate, and senior finals were all absolute crackers. and I'm delighted to be joined by Michael Verney. Dublin Camogie star Ashling Maher and on the line by Wexford legend Ursula Jacob to talk about all the action but first a reminder that this Wednesday the latest decades of the Dubs magazine will be in the Herald newspaper so definitely go out and buy that they're really good glossy magazines with great photos great interviews looking back and this one is looking back on the 2010 2014 period where Dublin finally won an All-Ireland for the first time since 1995 and then added another one with 2013 as Jim Galvin came in to kind of bring in the, the, the side that are currently going for five in a row so you have that to look forward to but now Let's talk Kamogi and Ashling. I guess last week we talked about that, you know, maybe Kenny were the slight favourites with their scoring power. We mightn't have gotten that prediction right, but what we did hope for was to have a really good game. And at least we got that really high scoring, free flowing. So not much to complain about there.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, look, that's the main thing, is that we got the great game. Um, our predictions were probably slightly off the mark last week. Um, but I don't think anybody was expecting a landslide victory, even if we were back in Kilkenny. So from that point of view, it was probably what we expected. Uh, we got that that tight match, um, two very competitive teams, both of whom looked like they could win it at varying stages throughout the game. So from that point of view, it was exactly what we wanted to see.
1: And I did actually sense from when you were talking about it, you did, you were quite kind of, yeah, high on Galway, as you know how how they could perform in the day. Um, so, you, did you think that they had this in them though? Especially like three first half goals is almost unheard of.
2: Yeah, three first half goals is phenomenal. Um, the combined score between the two teams, I think, is the highest it's been since I think it was nineteen eighty eight or something. I read was the last time that we've had a. a a game with that many um, goals and points scored in it. So it was fantastic to see. Um, I guess from a Galway perspective, uh, they might be a bit harsh on harsh on critics for not backing them a bit more. You know, they are, they were league champs going into the game and they have been a phenomenal side all year. Um, definitely a force to be reckoned with in, in any game that they've played in. So I think that we knew they had those capabilities and uh, while we questioned whether or not they'd be able to put on a display like that in front of an outfit as good as Kilkenny, um, they definitely, um, you know, came out and set out their stall, and like you say, three first-half goals, they showed what they're they're capable of doing, and full credit to them.
1: Yeah, I'll bring in Ursula Jacob on the line now. Ursula, you know, I guess, as Ashing touched on there, Galway might be feeling a bit hard done by, you know, from the pre-match coverage, now that they've gone and won it, because, you know, they were the league champions, they'd only lost narrowly to Kenny in, in the round robin earlier this year. Like, Were, were we kind of underrating them, uh, you know, all along, do you think? Um,
3: I don't know underrating, but I suppose if you look at the last, kind of I think the last five championship meetings between Kilkenny and Galway Kilkenny had won four out of the last five so you know Kilkenny's record against Galway in the last couple of years you know had been pretty good um you know the league form for Galway was you know they by by a mile, they were probably the strongest team in the league And obviously, the result proved that But then when, when Kilkenny had such a strong uh, championship run you know, They were unbeaten um, They had beaten Galway in the first round And they had looked very, very uh, strong throughout the group And even in the semi-final, they were very comfortable winners Against, against Tipperary um, But I suppose Galway, on the other hand, you know um, I don't think they were probably taking too much notice of, you know, outside people. They were going in confident after beating Cork. And I think we all knew it was going to be a, a close game. Um, as Ashley alluded to, you know, I think we, we, we probably would have thought it would have been a two or three point game um, either way, whether it was going to be Galway or Kilkenny. But look, from the, from the start yesterday, Galway set the tone. They got their matchups right. And um, their work rate, they outworked uh, Kilkenny throughout that match. And some of the maybe not so big stars on the Galway team really stood up and were, you know, made themselves counted yesterday. You know, someone like Sarah Spellman, Catherine Finnissy, maybe names that are not so well known. For me, they put in massive shifts of work yesterday. And then you had the obvious players like Denise Kilkenny, Zika who's who just really had magnificent games and the midfield battle was the key. Um, place that I felt that
1: Galway really, really wanted to. Ashley, I guess that as we mentioned, those three first half goals. Like, I think it was very surprising how much space there was in behind in the Kilkenny defence. Like, in particular, the third goal by Ailish uh, O'Reilly when she took that ball. there was an ocean of space in front of her. Like, it's funny you, you mentioned that maybe Galway would have had to drop it back, uh, a back defender to deal with the Kilkenny attack. You know, uh, the way it planned out, Kilkenny could have really done with some protection in that first half.
2: Yeah, I think um, the Galway players particularly the forwards, played a very intelligent game. Um, we saw with with uh, two, the two goals scored by Elisha O'Reilly and also a third uh, goal chance as well that they had that wasn't converted. Um, they seemed to come from an almost identical setup in that we saw the Galway forwards bunching in in front of the goal just kind of outside the 21. The Kilkenny backs were drawn in with them and then when a ball was won by a Galway player there was a loop run on the outside and that pass pop through was what opened up that space um, for the Galway forward running onto the ball then to take it on, um, and I think that that was very well executed by Galway. I think that we saw that that was obviously something that they'd practiced and that they'd you know gone through in training and that everybody knew where the ball was going to be given before it had even been won. Um, and like you say, with uh, with Ailish O'Reilly's third goal, I think uh, you know there was a fantastic touch that she got up to that ball it was herself and I think Grace Walsh had gone into marker at that point Grace Walsh is probably one of the best defenders in the game but Ailish just turned her very well and left her completely I think she lost her foot and um and she was just left for dead behind her and it was finished very well um so definitely the Galway forwards deserve massive credit for the way that they managed to open up you know um, particularly Kenny's full back line and create that space for themselves
0: it's like once they got a sniff like oh, they were they were sniping for goals like and they kind of probably knew Kilkenny haven't had as we talked about last week they haven't had the same cover in defence they knew they were probably going to get f- maybe five or six kind of half chances and they really went for the juggler when they did get those chances and like Kilkenny were Kilkenny despite their Ailish the, Riley's first goal Kilkenny were well in the game and were up a point or two and then they were just hit with like two sucker punches before half time which is very very hard to come back there, from There
1: had been a few warning signs prior to that though you know that Galway were threatening for goals yeah. like so was that the time maybe to fortify the defence? You know, it's easy to say okay because yeah, you know in the, t- in the t- second half they didn't really give up any goal chances, but the damage had been done. There was a long period after our first goal where Galway still looked like they could get another goal.
0: Yeah, possibly after having conceded one so early, and the Warren signs as you said were out. Maybe they could have dropped someone back a bit, particularly when and Dalton probably wasn't in the game. Katrina Connickon did an unbelievable man marking job or woman marking job, I should say <laughs> on her. Uh, it was brilliant, and she kept her out of the game. And really, she got she got one shot and goal in the second half, got a point, but. Like she had to come back with the field and she wasn't as influential or playmaking as much as before. It's kind of, in hindsight, you would probably say, Yeah, maybe they should have dropped yeah. someone back, but I suppose it's easy to say that now.
1: Yeah, Ursula, so what's your read of it? Like, you know, tactically, uh, from a defensive perspective from Kilkenny, Like, should should there have been changes made earlier, do you think?
3: Well, for me personally, I I feel that Grace Walsh should have been the key player, man marking uh Elish O'Reilly as as Ashton stated. Grace is probably the the tightest cornerback in the game at the moment. And I think should have from the get-go should have had her on Ailish O'Reilly because we all knew that Ailish was probably the the most threatening forward, especially in the full forward line for Galway. So I definitely think, you know, um, Grace nullified Ailish's threat a little bit in the second half. You know, Galway were not as threatening for goals, obviously, in the second half. I probably would have um, brought Anne Dalton back um even out towards midfield, have a having a more kind of freer role. I, I felt she was getting frustrated up in the forward line. Um and, you know Galway were so ruthless every time that they were in front of goal but some of their long range shooting even yesterday you know they were they, they struck them with confidence they weren't having to play the ball in, into the into the, the into the Kilkenny defence yesterday they were confident in their shooting and their striking was exceptional but like Kilkenny in the first half you know were just leaking in the goal very too easily Um, and you know we could see the warning signs from the get go you know after 90 seconds Eilish had got the First goal, um, and to me, that's when, when, when Kilkenny should have reacted that bit quicker. They needed to make maybe the switches that bit quicker because you know, when Ailish is, is on farm like that, there's no stopping her. And her second goal, her touch was incredible. Um, and you know, Neve Hannafy, who, who had a very strong year with Galway this year. You know, even that strike that she got for the second goal, you know, there was four or five defenders uh, ball watching for Kilkenny and it just wasn't good enough. And it's not something that you see too often from that Kilkenny defence. But, you know, um, that's how games can go, unfortunately, at times.
1: And uh, Aisling, at the other end of the Kakeni attack, obviously going into the game, we, we kind of highlighted how they'd been putting up huge totals and they'd be, they'd be a huge threat. I know, I know 17 points is nothing to kind of say that's not a great day, but they didn't really threaten for, for goals at any stage, in particular in the second half when they were kind of just kind of kept around the three-point mark at various stages, but they never really got in behind Galway. Like, were you surprised that they weren't able to be a bit more penetrative?
2: Yeah, um, I definitely don't think Kilkenny had any real remarkable goal chances. Um, We saw a lot of kind of shooting from distance for them and, you know, while we got some good long-range scores, they didn't seem to have enough of them to ever break ahead. Now, you know, you can't argue on one side like you're saying, um, 17 17 scores is still a lot. a lot of years that would have won you plenty of All-Ireland finals. Um, But I guess considering they had conceded the three goals in the first half to go away, they, they needed to be scoring more than just... Long range points in the second half, and they probably did need to push forward. Uh, I noticed in Crow Park, you know, the setup that Kilkenny had uh, in a lot of ways seemed to resemble the way the Cork have played for the last number of years, where they kind of set up this corridor system where there's only maybe three or four forwards pairing up with their backs and they line up in front of the goal and uh, they kind of break either side looking for a a quick ball in and it's nearly a foot race out to the edges. Um, But they didn't ever seem to have anything near their six forwards within their opposition's 45. And when there's only one or two players ahead like that and they're not delivering in good quality ball off and into the full forward line, you know, you have to question where your goal chances are going to come from and they just didn't seem to, they didn't seem to be creative for Kilkenny yesterday.
0: It's a long way to go in Crawl Park as well. If a ball is breaking out and you're 45 yards out to the win, you're not going to be able to take on your player and go the whole way around you're going to be met like so I don't know if they'd went with maybe a more orthodox approach and had two or three inside and tried to get direct ball in there like that's how you're going to create like goal chances
1: especially up there in all the space Yeah because there was like a lot the long range efforts were noticeable. Like it was, was that ta- you know, was that a bit of panicking? Maybe you know, you know, taking out long like those kind of shots. I know, like they did hit a couple, but they also missed a few, and they, they maybe needed to be more of a kind of presence in and around the goal at that stage. Yeah, I would have said
0: so. You would have imagined that they would have needed a, at least one goal
1: yeah. to, to win the game
0: or, or get a, a second. But yeah, so yeah, it just maybe a, a bit surprised, maybe there. And obviously, we didn't really touch on it yet. Like, and and Downey stepped down yeah. last night, or mm-hmm. I think it was at the banquet she stepped down. and... Three All Ireland defeats in a row, and it probably it's not a fair reflection on, on her reign. Probably to only have one All Ireland during her reign, but um, people maybe are a bit kind of uh, some maybe criticism going her way. Maybe that they just didn't make while well, they made changes at the outset of the year and during the year to be more attacking. That maybe they didn't make enough changes as we've kind of touched on during the game.
1: Yeah, Ursula. Yeah, obviously the news of Anne Downey stepping down, and you know to lose three finals in a row is you know heartbreaking stuff for, for that for that panel.
3: Yeah, without a doubt. But, you know, it's it's easy for pe- people to point fingers and blame us as, as you know the likes of Anne and her management team today. You know, especially after another heartbreaking loss for for Kilkenny. But look, I just I've worked with Anne in the past, and she's an incredible woman, and the work that she's put into this Kilkenny um, into this Kilkenny team, she does deserve huge credit. You know, in fairness, I would say to those girls, they've come back each year. It, you know, reaching the, the 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 Ireland final, and obviously it's very butting the the defeats that they've suffered. But Anne um, like has done so much for Camogie in general and for Kilkenny Camogie. Um, I you know I, I think she's going to take this defeat very very hard. And you know, kind of looking at why weren't they as hungry as Galway yesterday, and they didn't do themselves justice. They weren't allowed to perform either, and and that's. You know, that's the disappointing thing and from a Galway perspective they just really didn't they suffocated Kilkenny yesterday. The reason why the ball wasn't going in good to the likes of Katie Power Miriam Walsh was because Galway got the upper hand on them and like as I as I said, around that middle third, around Neve Kilkenny, Etha Dunhu, they were so on top. Katrina Carmekin, you know, she didn't really give Anne Dalton any any space yesterday to get the good delivery into the into the Kilkenny attack. But the, Galway we do deserve huge credit, but I would like to mention that like Anne, Anne Downey has done tremendous work for Kilkenny, and I, I think any kind of real negative criticism towards her is is very harsh because she's brought on these girls so much as well. Uh, maybe a fresh voice is what's needed, you know, from a Kilkenny perspective at this stage. But look, no one's going to be hurting any more than Anne and Downey today.
1: And actually, I remember before the game, Michael asked you whether the defeats of the last two seasons before this final—you know—would that p- play a part, like you know, mentally for Kilkenny if it was a tight game and, and you know, going in the stretch, like do you, do you think that had any bearing on it, or was it just a poor performance in the day, or do you think those previous defeats, maybe there was some sort of mental—I don't know if a mental block is the right word—but maybe it was playing in their minds.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess the thing is, you know, when you're going into your third final. Uh, following two defeats in the previous two years it can kind of go one or two ways and one thing that can happen is it can it can spur you on and give you that motivation and that drive to get over the line and the other thing then like you say um, is that it can it can nearly put too much pressure on you and you can overthink the thing too much and you can get yourself into a mindset of going well we've lost the last two we can't lose a third one what if we lose a third one and then before you know yeah, it's you, negative talk exactly, we can't yeah. lose
0: rather than we, sh- yeah, we, sh- need sh- we, to we need to win yeah yeah, yeah.
2: Um, and I don't know I, I definitely wouldn't turn around and say Kilkenny didn't want it as much as Galway because I think you know that would be that would be a naive thought to have for any team that's lost two All Ireland finals in a row the want is definitely going to be there but I think that uh, I think that Galway translated their their desire or their hunger or their want to win much better on the pitch we saw that in their work rate we saw that in their play um, we saw that desire you know like um Ursa has mentioned there Neve Kilkenny and Eve O'Donoghue phenomenal in the middle of the park, just the work rate out of the two of them, I saw uh, post-match interviews with both of them, neither of them are talking about scores, neither of them are talking about points both of them are alluding to the work rate and the effort and the constant desire to hook and to block and to harry and to get turnovers and I think that that was evident throughout Galway's performance yesterday, um, that they just had that bit more desire and whether that came from you know Kilkenny freezing a bit on the big stage um, or just maybe even even wanting the win so much that you kind of overthink it and you think yourself out of it Mm. Um, but whatever the reason I don't think Kilkenny can have complaints leaving that pitch yesterday no doubt they'll be disappointed in themselves and the performance that they put out Um, but Galway credit to them we're the better team on the day
1: yeah, you raised the question before the game. Like, did you get any sense of that watching it? Uh, a
0: small bit, but like they were kind of um, they were seriously impeded by the goals before half time as well. Mm. It, it's not like it was it was you know a point in it going down the stretch. Yeah. They were always kind of chasing, and when you're always kind of chasing that situation, it's kind of Ashton kind of said there you can almost nearly try too hard or try and force things. Whereas Galway at the other end just needed to keep things ticking over mm. as they did. It just the the gardens have both touched on it, but like uh, Eithfadh Dunnehu and uh, Niamh Kilkenny like Niamh Kikkenny when she gets the ball like if, if she gets the ball and there's not three or four around her in traffic she just literally just glides away from people yeah. there was a point in the second half where she just got a ball and, that was uh, the key score yeah, probably and she just, like, disapp- she just yeah. disappeared she just went opened up 10 or 15 yards and put over a serious score and uh the points were like what everyone will focus on but it's the the work rate and she, like, she set up the first goal for Ailish O'Reilly as well mm. she was always putting up scores for everyone else and they're just it's amazing like when you have that sort of pace like that the damage it can because they totally dominated that midfield sector, and that was basically the springboard for success for them.
1: Yeah, so we have talked a lot about Kilkenny, but yeah, for some of the guy performers like Neve Kilkenny, who was rightly given the player the match award, like she was phenomenal. And in particular in that second half, Kilkenny did maybe get it to about the three-point mark. looked like maybe they could get back into it. And then, as Michael said, although there was a lot of work involved across the day, that was an inspirational score that she hit, I think, to put it back to four points.
3: Yeah, and and that was uh, kind of uh, typified Galway's performance yesterday. Uh, when Kilkenny got on top at a couple of stages in the second half, Galway's response each of the times was so so impressive. And look, Niamh Kilkenny was at the, the you know the fulcrum of this because she was whether it was she was setting up a score, scoring her point herself, or just continually going up and down that field. The, the ground that she covered yesterday was phenomenal. We've seen it in the semi-final as well. You know, she's had an outstanding year. She's been such a leader for this Galway team over the last number of years. But in the last two games, she really has stood up when, when they really need someone to lead from the front. And just the energy that she brought to to the team yesterday. It was just brilliant because, as Michael said there, you know, right from the get-go, she set up that, that goal for Ailish O'Reilly and that set the tone for the day. But her four points, like, each one of them just seemed to get better and better. Like, they were, weren't easy scores. You know, don't underestimate you know, in an Ireland final and there's a couple of points in a game, she just, the, the sidesteps, she can strike left and right. She's just been the best, you know, midfielder for the last 10, 12 years and it's great that she's getting her just reward now because she has been a phenomenal uh, player, not only for Galway, but for Camogie. You know, having someone like that, you know, leading from the front yesterday, it's great to see, and she deserves any awards that come her way in the next couple of months as well. It's great that Camogie has been spoken about so positively today and last night because, you know, credit to the ref, Ray Kelly yesterday as well. I felt he did a good job. He
0: let it flow, and it added to the game and, and to the excitement uh, overall. Yesterday, just a word on Carl Murray as well. Obviously, <laughs> I say when he left, when he left the, the sideline, like they were in not control, but i he thought they were gonna <laughs> he was gonna have one all Ireland for the day when he left the sideline with fifteen or twenty minutes to go, and like to deal with that, I don't know how you deal with it mentally, like when you probably hear in the dressing room that they're after been beaten, but just as was to to make sure like there was no hangover or anything for the senior squad, even though there was a load of bodies coming back. In from the intermediate, like they hit the ground running straight away, and it's a phenomenal achievement. We kind of said last week that Galway have been in some what like a bit bits of disarray from management sides of view from the last couple of years. Like, but when they put things together, they're kind of like I kind of was thinking about it, they're kind of like almost like Tipperary hurlers When they put it together, they're very, very, very hard beaten, but when there's something a bit off, they can just be they can kind of just disappear a small bit or just be semi finalists. But when they're on, and he obviously had them absolutely fine-tuned for yesterday. They're very, very heartbeating. beaten And mm. it's just uh, it's nice for him and nice for the the girls that were involved in both squads as
1: well that uh, at least they had something at the end of the day. Yeah, just on that immediate final, like, great scenes at the end, Westmead coming back. You know, I think they were eight points down at one stage and there was like a great you know, post-match interviews with their manager and their players. Like, what, what what, did you make of that game?
2: Yeah, I thought it was a brilliant game. Um, obviously, we'd kind of tipped that as being a very close game and then we went in at time and it was looking like Galway were nearly going to run away with it at that stage. Yeah. Um, I'd say, you know, in some ways, maybe that that lead at time and for, like we were just talking about the manager there, Kyle Murray, he he went from losing quite a big margin in the intermediate game to then having a similar margin yeah, going in and out of the second yeah, yeah. game and uh i guess you know he would have he would have learned from that and he would have been conveying that message to his players that you know nothing's won here and everything's still to play for in the second half and uh westmead went out and absolutely proved that uh, phenomenal second half hurling from them i thought their striking was very good um you know we saw some some great scores uh, in the second half of that game, and it just it just goes to show whatever's done in the first half can be done again in the second half. And um, credit to Westmead, you know they've they've a phenomenal achievement here, uh, winning a winning an intermediate title, having only won a junior title two years ago, and they deserve. Uh, they're spot up playing senior hurling next mm. year, and um, no doubt they'll they'll continue to put in work over the winter and try and make it's, that step. It's up great again.
0: though; it's another team at the top table as well. Like Offaly would have won uh, junior and intermediate maybe ten years ago. Waterford have done it in the last couple of years as well. So it's another senior team. It's great that Galway and Cork and Kilkenny have had teams like competing really hard at intermediate and winning them at times. But it's great to have another team coming up playing senior. Yeah. And while it's not going to be easy at the start, at least they're they're there. Like do you know yeah. what I mean? Because can obviously only play a team intermediate, or Kilkenny can only play a team intermediate. Can't play two teams at senior, mm-hmm. so it's good to have another
1: new team up there as well. Mm-hmm. And Ursula was even, you know, great scenes earlier in the day as well. Kerry winning a junior All Ireland title, and I think one senior club in the county. Yeah,
0: fourteen players from one club. I think. Yeah, yeah, phenomenal
1: mm-hmm. achievement. Yeah, it's brilliant, and
3: it's great because you know they they were here twelve months ago, and they you know, suffer defeat, uh, at the hands of Dublin. And it was, it was lovely to see. And they had a, a great following as well. And look, Ian Brick has done massive work with them coming in this year. And, um, you know, like Patrice Diggins obviously was the standout player. You know, some of her striking was great. And it but you take it like only about 10 years ago, Kerry Camogie, are, you know, have been in existence. So, you know, they're still so new to, Kind of the Comolgi world, and it's great now that they're going to be playing at the at, at intermediate level next year. And they're really going to take confidence from this, and it's going to give Comolgi in in Kerry a massive boost. And they were fully deserving winners yesterday, and and it was great to see because you know it kind of set the tone for the day. Um, you know we we got a good game at junior. The intermediate game was really really exciting, and then we had a brilliant senior game. So it it, it was a great start today to the day. I felt.
1: Yeah, it's great to be talking about three really exciting games. And, you know, I think it was a record crowd for a standalone Komogi final as well. Like, you must be delighted, you know, we talked last week about hopefully just putting the best foot forward when you're in your shop window. Couldn't have gone much better.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think particularly, you know, in contrast to the last two years, which, as we alluded to um, last week, was, you know, very tactically impressive in a lot of ways but it's not it's not the exhibition that you want to put out to the general public so I think it was fantastic you know we we, we got back up to to numbers of 24,000 plus nearly hitting that 25,000 mark um, which we haven't been near for the last few years uh, I think was a 2004 that we 24,000 and something again but to break that record for a standalone Camogie game as you say and to, to put on a really exciting, uh, exhilarating game to show exactly what Camogie is and the direction in which it's going um, Ursula alluded to earlier, I think Ray Kelly did a brilliant job in charge, he let the game flow really really well, like we were saying it's nearly resembling a hurling Match which is probably the way that camo- most Camogie players will want to play it and the way that we want people to see our game so being able to put that exhibition out to the general public, to the 25,000 that were there and to every else that was watching at home I think will be a really positive thing for Camogie and hopefully it will continue to drive our game forward and I definitely think that that 25,000 can be can be increased massively over the next few years to push up near ladies Gaelic football numbers
1: I'm a bit lucky you will be around there
2: <laughs> Yeah, well that's it. we just need Dublin in a final and then everyone will be at it
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah it was a great day for the sport wasn't it, yesterday yeah brilliant you know as, as
2: Ashton said there
3: you know Getting close to twenty five thousand yesterday was brilliant, and we really just need to build on this now. And hopefully, the few changes and amendments that will come to the rules uh, in the next couple of years will really add to that to this because. You know now when when we've got people talking about Camogie in a positive, um, you know, frame of mind, it can just encourage more and more people to attend the games because now after witnessing yesterday's games, they'll say, "Oh, actually, it, it it was a great game. I'd like to see them at earlier rounds in the championship." And you know, if you can get the increase, uh, if you can get the interest from an earlier stage in the championship. You'll get more and more teams, or more and more people following the teams. I and mean, when you have the likes of Westmead now on a complete high from winning yesterday, Kerry now coming up to intermediate level, it can just, you know, um, improve the profile for Camogie. And yesterday was just a brilliant showcase for that. And it was really, really great to see, you know, uh, from a Camogie pers- perspective
1: and Michael I believe you have a bored gosh rising star of the weekend that you want to share with yeah, us yeah once again it doesn't really fit in with our rising <laughs> star this person's 38
0: but I thought it was brilliant even the, the post-match interview with the Westmead manager Johnny Greville oh, that was very good. who basically was the, the antithesis of, of Jim Gavin yeah. and Pamela Greville who's I think she's 36 and she scored 9 points uh, 3 from, from play gave an unbelievable for- performance and it was just like you know brother and sister man- manager and player it was just brilliant like, and they've obviously been together the whole way through so yeah. I just thought that was brilliant
1: I don't think I've ever seen someone more excited after the yeah, game. Yeah, it's unbelievable. He, was, and he just yeah, stayed
0: going and yeah, going. Yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah.
1: Um, just before we finish up, guys, I might just get your your player of the year. You know, give out your end of year awards. Like, who for you across the championship would you say deserves the honour?
2: Um, well, I suppose uh, Neve Kelly's Neve Kilkenny probably in everybody's head after the exhibition that you put on yesterday. Um, I. I definitely think you know not even over championship, but over the last couple of years, as Ursa said earlier, she's just been phenomenal. Um, and you know, while Galway have had a load of different players stand up, Kerry Dolan was phenomenal for them on Had a very good game again yesterday. Chipped in Ailish O'Reilly, obviously two goals. You can't ignore a contribution like that. Um, and that's you know just the Galway team alone. Obviously for the Kilkenny side, you know credit to Anne Dalton making that transition from playing in the back line to playing in the forward line and um, scoring up to one three. Uh, was her average going into the final yesterday? yesterday Um, you know there's been some phenomenal players the whole way through uh, but I think you know All-Ireland final day Crow Park there's a lot of pressure on it's a big ask that performance that Niamh Kilkenny put on there yesterday and just the work rate the desire the hunger that she brought to that team uh, between herself and Niamh O'Donoghue I find it find it very difficult being biased today after the final no doubt but I find it very <laughs> difficult to, to look past her I think she deserves all the credit she gets.
1: Yeah Ursula uh, what are you thinking on that?
3: Yeah, I couldn't agree, I couldn't disagree really because you know uh, when, as I st- said earlier, you you can't look past someone who who uh, stood up really when when they needed leaders and against Worcester. When I look back in the quarter final as well, when when Galway were struggling, like Eve Kinteli in that second half got two key points that day and really you know pushed them on in that game as well and. During the semi-final player of the match performance, yesterday player of the match performance. And, you know, as I said, she has been the best midfielder in the last 10, 12 years in camogie in, in general. And, you know, she's had a phenomenal year. And, to, you know, that she's still consistently performing so well for Galway, um, you know, it, it's brilliant to see. And, you know, I think she'll be reaping any rewards that she's getting in the next couple of months.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't bet against her actually claiming the outright prize. Uh, it's great to be in here on a Monday after the final weekend talking about three great games. Ashling, Ursula, Michael, thanks so much for coming in. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers thanks for us. No problem. That's all we have time for The Throne this week in association with Board Gosh Energy. A reminder that later in the week on Thursday, we will have a preview looking ahead to the All-Ireland football final replay between Dublin versus Kerry, as well as the All-Ireland ladies football final between Dublin and Galway. So you've got to look forward to later in the week. But for now, that's all we have time for. So thank you so much for listening. gosh Energy, putting customers at the core of under 20 and senior hurling championship action. Hashtag hurling to the core.